In the dark era of the COVID-19 pandemic, our healthcare workers have served as the beacon of the light for our country and our institute, the Torchbearer. We have with us a pioneer who is in charge of a KEN special COVID-19 facility. With his medical knowledge and management skills, he has helped our hospital handle the enormous load in the swiftest way possible. Introducing you all to our special guest, Dr. Santosh Salagri. Hello sir, this is Sanvita Sarpude and I'll be taking your interview today. So, let's begin with the first question. Due to the sharp rise in the number of COVID-19 cases in the months of September and October 2020, how did the institute manage such a tremendous influx of patients? Yeah, first of all, it is very important to note that this particular pandemic was completely new to us. But what happened was, since the preparation started way back from March or other the interval, interval preparation started right from January when the first case of uh, uh, COVID was detected in our country. By the time it came to September, October, we were really well prepared. What is important in a pandemic is preparedness. Are you prepared for whatever is going to come next? Yes, so that for that what was done prior to this was that the facilities were divided into COVID, non-COVID and there was a particular thrust was given on augmentation of bed. Now we started on in month of March with 40 bedded one of the ward that was in the beginning of the entire pandemic uh, whatever preparations we started and we reached by the time we came in say uh, August on 8th of August our last ICU which is still functional today is uh, was op- operational. So the journey of 40 to 400 was already there. Secondly the oxygenated bed now, if you would have visited the wards before this particular pandemic, you would see that only 10 to 15 percent or maximum 20 percent of the general ward beds were oxygenated. Now, what happened is during these six months of uh, preparedness and we, as we were augmenting the beds, we also had a lot of work on augmenting the oxygenated beds. So, the number of oxygenated beds start from 20 percent went up to the level of 90 to 95 percent, and that is where. The most important oxygen therapy, which is mainstay in the treatment of pandemic, we could give very easily. Second thing what we did is we also augmented the beds which were there of in the EMS. The lot of area was there in the EMS and when we inspected, particularly I remember now in the month of April or May, we because the in search of patients was continuously increasing, we had identified particular locations, the corridors of the EMS and the waiting area where which was converted completely into the oxygenated bed area and where we had uh, already had a provision of keeping 50 extra trolleys. So right from 20 capacity of which was a 20 bedded capacity of EMS was doubled and rather it was multiple times it was increased and that is how that one aspect of bed augmentation and oxygenated bed augmentation happened. Another thing was that slowly the uh, healthcare providers of all the cadres, including the faculty members, resident, nursing staff and class 4 employee had already started using the SOPs and working in the COVID era so smoothly that whatever number of patients were coming more, we could easily handle them without any stress or anxiety. Another angle to this was that by the time it was very much established that what was the indoor stay of the patient which were completely stable. Does the tertiary care institute like KEM need to keep a stable patient 
or by that time the provision had already started that we could transfer these patients to the other covid facilities or ccs as they are called as and so that in tertiary care institute a very important institute in the covid management like kgm hospital we had most of the patients which were either in a critical or a semi critical condition and that is why the stable patients started going up the discharge policies was set by the time and we also added to the uh, continuously you know whatever the beds were there they, that beds were available for critical and semi critical bed the number of icu beds initially we started only with the ems icu of say 15 patients but by the time we reached this particular 6 months of uh, post covid what uh, we had 89 beds uh, in three icus and all the three icus were completely functional we had two icus because of the csr activities and our own micu was converted by the time and that is how the intensive care bed also were uh, in, uh, increased now what happened to this uh, another important thing is that because everything was uh, there in place we had our own setup of mcgm online portal for directing the patients those who are stable to the respective that helped a lot and also internally we our own faculty members from pre and paraclinical had developed the apps and we ourselves had developed our sops and our master charts for uh, the excel sheets for actually measuring the number of beds which are there which are occupied by critical patients oxygenated patient non oxygenated patient and stable patients by various uh, you know means of putting them in a occupancy data now what and that was happening updation was happening every 12 hours our uh, you know specialty medical officer used to go to uh, take this data and obviously all the wards were connected by a mobile apps and by mobile uh, whatsapp groups this mobile whatsapp group used to collect the data and this data used to get collected at the dean sir's office and that is how at any given point of time you used to know the exact situation of vacant beds or would be vacant beds and obviously the logistic team was there uh, when i was leading the logistic team there was a team which was concentrating on the discharges and transfers and that was also connected to our main uh, collecting center data collecting center and that helps a lot in how to actually make the patients bed available how the continuous flow of patients would occur from ems to the icus and from the icu areas once the patient settles because the set protocol was there that three days without oxygenation you know or patient on two or four liters of oxygen for three consecutive days we used to transfer to the stable ward this all these processes helped us in actually augmenting the beds and making the this particular whatever load was coming we could really cope up with that load how were the safety and treatment protocols followed by the team were they the same as the international guidelines or were they changed according to our population Yes. So, so uh, again, in say uh, January uh, and month of February 2020, I am talking about when the initial guidelines came because obviously the cases were internationally there. The international guidelines came. But what is important is government of India, particularly government of Maharashtra and MCGM, they adopted a policy of thinking globally and acting locally. Whatever was the best possible uh, guidelines, which were doable and practical in our country, our setup. our kind of a metropolitan city where there is a municipal corporation leading four major institutes tertiary care institutes these sops were modified the ministry of health and family welfare definitely were giving robust guidelines and again government of maharashtra the health department 
and particularly MCGM commandable work done by the health uh, task force led by none other than Dr. Sanjay Yog sir, Lahane sir was there, Supe sir was there. So all these stalwarts had all day, every time, it was an evolving document and all those international guidelines used to come, they used to study, they used to take inputs from the stakeholders and they used to revise them, modulate them so that they fit in our setup and that is how what happened that we had a robust SOPs and guidelines. That was one aspect. What was important was that it was whatever the guidelines came. Like I'll tell you very frankly that the initial guidelines of Maharashtra task force which came till date most of the guidelines are followed as they were. Only few examples, few things happened about the drugs which kept on changing. Ultimately the outcome never depended on the drug but apart from those guidelines, the basic guidelines which were sent by Maharashtra Task Force and MCGM, they remained so robust and so time-tested that that was a very positive aspect of these particular things. There was no confusion. Once the guidelines were in place, once we were, we and what happened? So slowly, slowly, all the uh, stakeholders also started acting upon them. They started internalizing those guidelines and then there was no like effort. You know, it was like a smooth journey. Uh, since though it was a very tough journey, but it became smooth because of the robust guidelines, SOPs were made and obviously at the institute level we had SOPs on all the aspects like the initial document which we uh, had prepared for the institution on all the aspects of pandemic management, uh, you know including all patient care, then logistic management, then facility management, uh, transportation, uh, food and shelter to the healthcare providers, each and every SOP which was made was obviously as and when the time came, as and when the challenges came, we did little modification but that was in force. So what is important, this was one aspect of the guidelines. The other aspect of your question was related to the safety protocol. Now what is important is for a safety protocol, what it cannot be only on the paper. Unless there is a uninterrupted smooth availability of the safety equipments and in this matter everybody knows the word PPE kits. Now PPE kits doesn't mean only the gowns. PP kits also mean the masks, the you know the shields, then the all the gowns, then the shoe, shoe cover, uh, then uh, uh, continuous supply of uh, whatever material which is there for using for sterilization not only of the self but also of the various surfaces and of the floors. When it is uninterrupted and it is of quality, that was the important aspect. You know, like I have myself worked more more than six months every day going to the COVID wards. Uh, and ICUs non-stop without a break but then because I was work using those safety measures which were there all throughout whatever time of the day and night in adequate number and rather we had an excess number because you know we had kept an emergency stock all our covid wards had an additional cupboard where a one day or two day extra stocks was always maintained it was not like the stock would be over in the middle of the night no so all these provisions were done and beautifully managed by the logistic department uh, people uh, under my guidance where they were from various departments like preclinical and paraclinical. They used to be on call. There was a, something like the on call logistic person. So all this helped in continuously safety uh, measures. Now what happens you know once you start doing this and once you know that it is for your safety because this is one of the illness where the those who are working in that field of healthcare providers 
in the covid area they themselves could become victim to this particular or party to this particular disease process and that is why the awareness had already come and then the safety protocol which was in uh, said, uh, uh, already it, it was in place it could be implemented then what we had done whenever we wish to start any covid facility for overall 14 covid facility i was the in charge and you know like when we were making we were see we were always putting in local languages and in english all the do's and don'ts in donning and doffing and we used to explain the students uh, who were the new residents used to come not only the residents the uh, nurses and the class uh, our support staff which used to be trained and we used to be told the importance of donning doffing and we had put all those signages till the signages are there and they are so robust that you if you follow the steps definitely you will be safe and that is how the safety protocol was maintained again another angle to this is the disposal of waste under the guidance of uh, geetha nataraj madam the microbiology department had done uh, extensive work on an actual practical implementation of the solid waste management so that is how the safety measures in our institution went in a very strong way how did you manage the patients with chronic illnesses who had to have regular checkups how did you ensure their health without unduly exposing them to the corona virus so this is a real matter of great concern and this is a very very valid and a very important concern and a question which we have put forth now what happens as we began in the first uh, say week of preparedness for this particular pandemic uh, i am very frank about it this was the time where in the daytime i was to busy in actually training or getting trained or you know attending all the meetings maybe a zoom meeting or a in person meeting middle of the nights i used to visit the cbtc building and the multi storied building because we want by the time what had happened in the beginning the super specialty work had halted the number of admissions had decreased the vacant bed number had increased and when we had the task force of kem had identified that the building which is main hospital building would be the covid facility because it is it is the proximity of the admission entry also it is proximity of the emergency medical services which was converted into the sari area it was also near the all the radiological facilities and other investigational facilities were near so and also there were several lifts available so entry points and you know they were there in the ground floor the additional thing was related to the entry exit facility of the uh, two existing wards which are still utilized as uh, are being utilized as a covid areas so what happened was that because one building was identified as covid other two buildings came had that aspect that in one building everything was not there we had a cbtc building where we shifted our medicine non covid work and we had a multi storied building where we shifted our surgical non covid uh, work we stay, went one step ahead we identified surgical ground floor surgical opd as a probable place for surgical esr and because if the patients with non covid if they enter the area of covid and the main hospital building that would create a havoc and that is why the surgical esr the emergency surgical services also were shifted in the non covid area of surgery, uh, the multi storied building and that is how a complete segregation occurred now see technically speaking this segregation was there but then what is important is the role of triage flawless triage has to occur and at the entry after the casualty officer segregates the patient and then it goes to the triage in the triage along with medicine other department residents were sitting and they directed the patients and all the patients with whatever respiratory symptoms it may be because of whatever illness 
they were kept in a area called as sari and then the two swab negative what is important is the guidelines mentioned that the two swab negative patient should be isolated separately so we had identified separate area as a two swab negative and the two swab negative patients were discharged or transferred from that place only they were not mixed with other system patients so what happened respiratory illness patients remained at one place and other system patients at uh, other place so this actually helped us in not threat causing the threat of infections to the non covid now what is important this is one of the indoor aspect now i run hypertension clinic and the day the lockdown was put from that month onward the hypertension services like for example all those opd facilities were shut down but then some of our faculty members came forward and they started something called as telemedicine and various actually the uh, provisions were made for the patients to approach the respective department doctors by a helpline and that is how the uh, aspect of healthcare was provided now what is important aspect of mumbai as a city is we also have a secondary care hospitals and we have various dispensaries of municipal corporation so our patients though they did, they could not come because of lockdown and because of covid the non covid patients they could not reach emergency obviously was running the emergency what what we did when we shifted the medicine department to cbtc we shifted the icu also because the cbt cbtc icu was vacant so that icu was so then entire comprehensive medical care including intensive care was given in the cbtc building and the surgical care including the intensive care and the emergency surgical case including minor operations and major operations was done in the multisol building so that way that aspect and which is very important in a pandemic like this taking care of non covid patients giving them opportunities of telemedicine giving them helpline this is how we have helped the entire non covid and covid this was then uh, subsequently uh, it came as a hybrid facility so our hospital was hybrid facility in the true sense the pandemic has proved that patient care is all about the teamwork between all strata of healthcare professionals how do you think that goes in terms of patient management in future if i want to start the answer to this question you know the teamwork what happens is in our institute like us which has 95 years of history has all sorts of departments isn't it we have basic science department we have specialty departments we have super specialty department but till the time covid you know what usually everybody is comfortable with is working in the four walls of their own department this is the first time pandemic has given a lesson of teamwork by breaking the wall the walls between physician and surgeon broke the walls between physician surgeons obstetrician broke the wall between different surgeons broke the wall between different physicians broke and everybody came under one floor of treatment to covid patients and working in the covid facility this was one important major aspect of all the disasters which we have seen up till now because you know there used to be surgical disaster we used to be just taking care of the ems effectively and the surgeons used to take care of the that particular disaster or for that matter suppose there is a gas tragedy the patient or the poisoning patients we used to enhance our healthcare providers in that particular area and we used to manage but in true sense the breaking of boundaries of the department and coming together as a team of said gsmc and kmh together this is what we witnessed for over and we are still witnessing over this entire journey and that is the basically a success because what happens you know a particularly a situation like this pandemic where healthcare providers 
need a knowledge to a certain level. You know, whenever the residents of different departments used to uh, come to me as a uh, you know, facility in charge and every time their uh, rotation used to change, I used to address them. My address is to start with this particular aspect of breaking the walls. You are a basic MBBS doctor. Forget at the moment your degrees of MS, MD, MCH, DM. Once they used to listen to this appeal by me that we are basic healthcare providers. You know the whatever you say everybody has the aura, everybody has the ego of our own degrees and specialities. That whatever is that aura of my I am a surgeon, I am a physician, I am an intensivist, I am an anesthetist. This needs to go down and it went so smoothly in this particular umbrella of KEM hospital that we had subsequently and people got used to it. They had a bond, bond in, you know, uh, amongst themselves. They started respecting other professions very well. Not only the profession as a uh, doctors themselves, the bonding started between the importance of nursing, then our support staff because management of COVID is not only one-sided, it is not only doctors who are managing that. The nursing care is equally important. They are also threatening to their life. They are also away from their families. Our class 4 employees and we had a very big chunk of a actual contractual basis temporary staff because of whatever was the beliefs and this thing, you know, uh, the fear of uh, working in COVID. Our initial phases, our class 4 employees were not uh, you know, trying to be away from the COVID work. But then these contractual basis employees used to come and then we used to train them. I have trained batches of these class 4 employees, you know, the support staff used to come in the middle of the night because 11 o'clock the duty used to be changed. First duty of them in KEM hospital COVID area, never they have worked before. So unless we sensitize them. So there came the bonding of these healthcare providers as a team. What is important is that we have to respect other cadres. It is not that I am a doctor, so I am a leader. No, because when you come out, the uh, provision of your uh, whatever cleanliness of the donning doffing area is there or not, whether the all the, uh, the whatever PPE kits components are there in stock or not, there was a provision of hot and cold water made. So whether the palatable water is made available by our support staff nursing uh, care used to take care of our you know whatever food intake or maybe a tea or a cup of coffee which had come through administration so all these aspects you require a bonding and a teamwork now to sum up this i would say there are four c's which are important when you say teamwork it is a cooperation between the various stakeholders it is the coordination among the team unless there is a coordination we are not going to succeed in our mission of uh, you know combating this pandemic the third c is communication the communication may not be by word of mouth communication can be just by eye contact communication by just be by the non verbal communication and that thing that i care for you i have a empathy towards you i respect your work as a nurse or i respect your work as a car sport employee that was you know sensitized to entire team members and the last four which is a compassion Compassion for the service, compassion for the, you know, the whatever the aim was there. Aim was that we will combat pandemic, we will come out of it. And these four seeds, the cooperation, the coordination, effective communication and ultimately compassion. You know, ultimately why 
we choose a job like this which has a in that particular pandemic it was threat to the life of healthcare providers also so so many of our healthcare providers including our support staff have fallen uh, you know sick to this particular covid corona virus so in that situation it is these seas four seas which are which have helped us a lot and we have practically seen them flourishing in our institute what are your opinions about india's pandemic response what should india learn from the pandemic now see i am i know my limitations i am a professor of medicine i was covid facility in charge to talk about indian perspective and you know to criticize something is not my agenda at all but what is important is what as as a frontline worker and a frontline leader of covid i can definitely say that whatever decisions are taken by uh, the health ministry at the center and excellent task force work done by our uh task force committee of the state government the mcgm task force uh, all the stakeholders i will not name a few but whatever important is the state leadership i have to mention that uddhavji thakre taking and health minister sir taking the meetings of us the covid uh, leaders you know the facility leaders and direct communication with that level that has happened so that is what is what i wanted to hint at it uh, we had a opportunity to interact with these all these great people the honorable commissioner sir our assistant municipal commissioner sir the is officers which were deputed for this task so these all together what ultimately came out was the decision of act three things one was lockdown one about the strict quarantine part and the isolation facilities which were aptly made for the stable patients for the patients which which was in the community in the hospitals in no time we geared up so well because only because of the support and facilities provided by all these government municipal corporation and also many times it the ngos have come forward to support so this is one aspect of how the india to the level of institution we have uh, you know responded to it the second part of your questions is loopholes in the healthcare now see i do not want to sound like a opposition leader so i will definitely will not talk about loopholes but yes this is a learning lesson we can take it as a loop instead of loopholes why not take it as a learning lessons so what is important is i will be very frank about it that disaster management plan if at all it is there it was on paper the implementation of disaster management plan in true context is the need of the hour and that we have sensed right from the topmost administrator to the uh, you know cadre like me we have all witnessed the need of robust implementable doable disaster management plan now henceforth definitely because of this whatever drawback was there okay the robust plan may be but whether in a given situation it will work and pandemic is a situation where you know whatever you give whatever you provide it will not be sufficient because the demand supply issue is there and supply there is a big threat of lockdown in the lockdown when everything is at stand still you have to assure a sustained continuous supply of life saving drugs the personal protection equipments demand of ventilators so on and so forth so there requires a robust implementable plan and that is one thing which i will definitely say not as a loophole but as a learning lesson for and another aspect comes you know what that when we just now spoke about the teamwork you know like i am the part of the system when i 
as a junior level administrator or a say leader or a manager i am a part of a system i cannot keep on grumbling i cannot keep on putting at the point at the system because i am a part of it whatever is the situation i need to gear up to change that or adapt to that situation and go ahead because in pandemic if uh, you know all of us would have just bang that we don't have this we don't have that we would have never succeeded so whatever was the situation obviously challenges were there in the developed countries also we have seen the entire world has got exposed the health infrastructure of the entire world got exposed in this particular pandemic isn't it so that is why whatever we did but i'll tell you because of the robust plans which were there the sops and guidelines and continuously sustained supervision guidance encouragement by the leadership of the country state and mcgm and the institution because you know our dean sir uh, my own uh, hod is academic dean sir you know that natkar sir so they all were continuously in touch with us they used to take inputs from us they used to give guidance to us and this entire thing cascade of events has helped us a lot now the third aspect was that what is the learning aspect in this pandemic now i'll tell you a very important tagline and i'll put here that i look at the pandemic as a teacher this pandemic has taught me on various aspects of my domain the knowledge aspect of it obviously because this is a new disease the entire profile is so in the beginning it was confusing every patient was coming with some new things the association between various diseases comorbidities was slowly slowly it came out then came the challenges of the age related aspect then challenges came with the various drug therapies this drug is failing that drug is working which drug to select then fortunately most of the drugs were made available so nicely and sustained uh, you know like for example remdesivir it was available whenever we used to ask for it the next moment the patient used to get it so no shortage of such things was there that is one thing so what is that lesson that knowledge we need to be in that busy schedule i tell you very frankly that in this particular pandemic myself including my other colleagues must have worked from 16 to 20 hours per day maybe in the initial 100 days literally you may get surprised to these hours and we also get surprised that how what strength we got that time to work at a stretch 16 to 20 hours and that to under a tremendous mental and physical stress what is important is that the knowledge in that whatever time we get and whatever uh, you know soft copies of the guidelines we get we need to read them because we want to implement that to our patients because we were not only facility in charge we were also the clinical in charges of the covid facilities i was in charge of icu covid for ward 4 for 120 days so when this is there the knowledge has to be updated because this is a new disease and new trends were coming second comes the skills now you, the surgeon or orthopedician who is posted there cannot say that i cannot i do not know medicine again i tell you that the basic mbbs knowledge and once you follow the guidelines which were so crystal clear then there is no issue of confusion so the skills of say whatever is the management of that particular patients once the protocols are set so the skills is another aspect then comes the attitude now very important is that when that this pandemic taught us a attitude the pandemic has taught us attitude also the communication now here the patients were away from their family members the patient used to be you know in the ward many times they were not able to communicate to their family members to the phone family members were either they were in the quarantine part or they were themselves not well they were in the some other city 
or maybe mobile ranges were not there unfortunately there were deaths of the family members all these situation a communication by a treating doctor was very important so we learned communication aspects in the difficult times and also issues came about the ethical aspects ethical conflicts and ethical dilemmas so i feel that personally to me a pandemic what i learned basically the learning from pandemic is the holistic development of each healthcare provider has happened in the knowledge skills and the attitudinal aspect of that particular person's development that is the important aspect of this pandemic you had a hectic schedule of 16 to 20 hours at a stretch how did you manage to de-stress yourself any tips on managing burnout in medical professionals yes so uh, basically uh, you know like such kind of pandemics and they usually come once in our lifetime because usually if you go back to the history of pandemic uh, it is 100 years a pandemic comes isn't it and that is where what is important the pandemic is equated with few things pandemic is equated with insecurity pandemic is equated with confusion because something it is new which is we have to deal with and com- always pandemic comes with emotional isolation of a person and in real time since covid we have seen a stigma which is associated you know when this is the thing here is a time where there is going to be a physical and a mental stress and yes physical stress that is bound to be there because the kind of uh, you know work which uh, most of the healthcare providers are given and i have given the example of our own department myself and our department colleagues who have worked day in and day out working 6 hours in that ppe kit in the hum- hot and humid months of march april may june it's a terrifying thing the kind of sweating the kind of you know the uh, drain out drain you know the brain gets drained out the body gets drained out you are completely uh, your face is covered with the fog and you still have to perform because the next door next patient is immediately calling you so there this is the time of testing one's own you know the physical and mental stress but what is important is that you need to you need to understand the pandemic psycho psychological aspect of pandemic in various aspects now what important when the pandemic was actually in a full swing our own relatives were becoming positive my postgraduate students were becoming positive my colleagues were becoming positive i was witnessing the real you know fight between life and death the number of deaths which i have witnessed in the shortest period possible then comes the issue of isolation the lockdown state and the problems related to the lockdown which come and then what happens is those years of or months of whatever we have spent comes as whether they are major loss of our entire life if you do not take it positively if you do not try to learn from this so then comes the mental stress and you should know when you have that peak level of mental stress the friends are the one which are your guide and i am very vocal and i am very frank in expressing my this reality that there were instances where i was on verge of a mental collapse but what i did that as i i was a leader and i understood that if i collapse the team which is working with me is not going to sustain or they may have a adverse effect so without any hesitation i called my psychiatrist friend and i am here very frankly telling the names of those psychiatrist friend one was dr hinal shah my co uh, faculty and co mentor in our uh, medical education and second was my school batchmate dr ashish deshpande both of them psychiatrists and i just talked to both of them whenever that peak came you know because in the pandemic 
and when you are into it when you are a frontline leader and when you, you are into this physical and mental complete uh, you know turmoil you need uh, these kind of words and what you know like both of them brother gave a hints that some part of the day you be away mentally and physically from this it was difficult but then you know like i have a habit of listening to music so one is this how because in that given situation for few minutes you to distress so simple is music because it can be in your mobile only then another thing was that going on a walk but obviously because of lockdown i cannot go out of uh, this particular uh, campus so i you know i i tell you in uh, sanskrit is called pradakshina so i must have done n number of pradakshinas to kayam because our kayam campus is so big so i used to have 10 rounds 15 rounds whenever i used to get early morning or late evening uh, time i used to so that it is to change my mood is to settle me down i used to think positively during those and obviously another uh, hobby which i have initially to used to uh, get a very ready made food but slowly slowly i you know the uh, months of uh, say Ju- july august september started coming i started cooking because that is one another uh, distresser i have that when i cook for myself i feel very happy but what is important is expressing yourself and another thing in this expressing myself is if you see my facebook post venting out this suggestion was given to me by hinal shah that she said santosh you went out you pinned down the things or you put it on a facebook so then came the stories of sbs sir coming on facebook one after the other and i have got series of such uh, stories in facebook related to my introspection my approach to various challenges in uh, and also it is not always negative there were some lighter moments there were some positive moments and all these moments are captured on a, you know by the words definitely it once you went out what is important is people don't went out they keep everything suppressed in their mind and then some something bad happens so i learned this lesson actually from this particular pandemic that there is a need to went out and that is where this actually helped me so what is important is that we have to take care of ourselves in a pandemic situation you cannot expect that somebody else will take care because our family members were with not us you know our uh, tiffin walas were not there uh, whatever we have to do we have to take care and not only of the body but also of the mind because if body and mind will work together then only we will be able to sustain such a uh, uh, you know kind such a uh, kind of a pandemic and such a kind of challenge in our life so these are the things which are very important and this is the distressing which is very important the stress was there in the environment you can say but in the environment there were also some positive another thing which i did was i stopped watching the news channels you know this is the tip like henceforth uh, any other such, such a things uh, we should stop because you know what happens your thought process gets completely shut down you can't think beyond that uh, television the same negative 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 things is coming your mind also start become negative so just give time for yourself that is what is the important aspect how do you feel seeing the first covid-19 patient in jan 2020 to the availability of the covid vaccine in jan 2021 now uh, it is in one word suppose i want to describe it i will say it is commendable because see our is whatever it is said and then our is a developing country and throughout the Uh, worldometer and other uh, official uh, you know webs portals 
of the covid numbers the numbers which we have seen in the entire uh, all the countries entire globe whatever we have seen is that we we always have a habit of comparing ourselves with the western countries we are not here to compare the numbers because the population is different all the but what is important is whatever were the uh, you know the era of uncertainty the era of confusion eras of insecurity amongst the population in say january february march 2020 and when we are at this moment we could actually combat control whatever were you use the pandemic effectively with the support of everybody and every citizen for that matter is a stakeholder in this particular success and now when we as uh, you know the vaccine makers and proudly i will take a name of serum institute of india where our own pune based firm is not only supplying the vaccine which is time tested by now and which is not only to our countrymen our healthcare providers our support staff in the entire community but it is also in a position to export it to other countries so a commandable journey now this is about the country but to the state level or maybe i'll talk about the institution or a mumbai level the upgradation of the facilities healthcare facilities for that matter which has happened so you know it is always said that it is like you know challenges are to be converted into opportunities yes there was a challenge of covid but this challenge of covid has made our wards so competent in a way that ventilatory supply the supply of ventilators the availability of ventilator beds the availability of all the state of the art facilities like you name the facility and it is there now so what has happened is yes the challenge has was there but the challenge can be converted into opportunity and that is what has happened in particularly our institute and most of the institutes and it has happened throughout the world the health which is uh, you know so called neglected topic has come in a big way and the implementation and effect of the positive effect of it we are witnessing as a clinicians of a government uh, medical colleges and hospitals isn't it so that's what is the impact how have you grown up as a person and as a doctor after witnessing all the highs and lows of the profession a very introspective and important question uh, indeed what is important is that uh, you know whenever we are facing such kind of a challenge in our life we have to always hope for the best and prepare for the worst as a human being if you follow this concept that yes whatever talents i have whatever capacities and competencies i have i will use them to the best of my capacity i will hope for the best outcome but then mentally if i am prepared for the worst then the challenges become easier the challenges become manageable now the your question has two angles one is as a person how how i have grown and as a doctor how i have grown so as a person you know i have witnessed and in one of the uh, such a introspective facebook post i have uh, you know compared two coins uh, two sides of the coin like there was one side of life versus death because one side i saw birth of a newborn in my medical ward which never happened up till now you know two uh, newborns were there in my ward and i could hear the first cry of a baby in a medical ward intensive care 
because the pregnant lady was there and then we had to deliver her there and at the same time i have seen the worst of the deaths in my life people dying on wheelchair people dying on floor and me in the midst of the night you know visiting these facilities helping the residents and whoever was the class 4 employees and support staff available nursing staff to give the respect to those dead bodies so life and death we have witnessed we have witnessed the dilemma between empathy and sympathy because yes we are supposed to show empathy but in a particular situation at least you know what what is to happen we have heard the stories of apathy being thrown at the patient in the covid times in the difficult times so that is where it disturbed so there was a dilemma another aspect comes is the standard treatment protocol management versus a chaos a chaotic situation so then we have to go from a mismanagement or a chaotic management to a proper you know guideline based management so that is another important aspect we have witnessed and then what happens is whatever is there we have seen again a difference that is you know we always say that uh, government hospitals or municipal hospital the bed will be occupied by the has not by the poor people but this actually went off went away we had side by side patients who were rejected from a private hospital and which we came and they were occupying the patient you know a poorest of the poor and the richest of the rich was occupying the side to side way uh, so here i have witnessed this and then i have realized that these gaps we only have to nullify so as a person everyone including me has grown up what is what is important is that a differentiation between good bad and worst you know we have to be always uh, you know we have always that habit of complaining about the worst situation but in the worst situation also we can do better we can go to the best possible that is what is the important lesson this pandemic has taught me another thing is that what is important is whatever is the opportunity the opportunity has to be taken for growth because you know what has happened in pandemic all of you including me we have grown as a human being because we have seen the sorrows of people we could help in masses we could communicate with thousands and thousands of people and that has actually given a strength to us as a human being that is one important thing as a doctor now what is important is that as a doctor definitely you know like um, i am a clinician i am md medicine i am supposed to be master in medicine i am supposed to be uh, teaching uh, medical students medicine subject and my postgraduates i am supposed to do x y z task but if i am having some added competencies which are maybe inherited or which are there inbuilt in me and if i have a tag of these by my official professional courses for example in my case i am mba in hospital management now i have to mention the name again of dr sanjay ok sir because a decade back ok sir pushed me into this managerial course and he sought to it that i i first did diploma of um, uh, hospital management and he forced me into mba course of management now i was that time i would have not listened to him whatever i did or whatever the god has uh, you know done from my hands in those 9 months which is like a story by itself and these stories have uh, you know people have witnessed it it is inimaginable that a, a clinician working in a covid facility for non stop for so many months together without combating uh, with, without contracting the illness 
leading the facilities for icu facilities that that were you know the the, the 120 days of my icu uh, whatever work the god has done from my hand so when we look at that my additional qualification has always helped me because what happens is when you are having such a kind of say national uh, mba or you are uh, like for example you have a international qualification your perspective of working changes you do the work you know uh, four five people will do the work same but what is the change is you will do the work differently the task will be done but uh, if you have a additional qualification if you are sensitized and officially trained in a particular field so what is important is this is where i look at a doctor i am not only a healer beyond healer i am a administrator i am a leader i am a communicator and i am a educator so all these roles of mine come out when i look at the opportunity of covid any particularly inspiring story of a patient that you would like to share with us yeah there are series of such stories but uh, you know like for this particular interview and uh, for a gosumag i would definitely uh, say this particular very inspiring uh, thing which we should all uh, you know the, uh, this man has become a, a real inspiring uh, uh, you know person for me he is a doctor himself he served the community for 60 odd years in uh, one of the very nearby area of km and when he was con- he got contracted with covid positive he was refused admission by four major private hospitals and obviously that was in the beginning of covid era where the private hospitals were not forced to or whether they were not completely part of covid facilities that that was the so it was in the month of april this particular doctor was is a 79 year old he served the community for six decades and he was admitted in a very critical stage his uh, p uh, spo2 in the admission was 65 and his lungs were involved 70 to 72% he was on niv ventilation he fought the battle so positively and after 35 days of indoor stay in the covid icu ward and subsequent 10 days in the covid facility which was uh, ent ward which was our converted he was discharged from the stable uh, ward and the courage which he has shown the positivity which came in the teamwork and everybody at the end of this journey became fond of him because he used to put positive in- inputs in all those team members he used to encourage uh, all of us he celebrated you know he, his wife uh, was online that time and 50th year uh, anniversary he celebrated in the covid icu what happened is subsequent the important aspect of his journey is subsequent after say 20 days from his uh, discharge from the hospital one fine day i got a call from him and he said that i am in your department i was shocked two the lift was not working and he came walking two staircases up to meet all of us to give us blessing and he wanted to give a monetary support to our covid icu look at the commitment the healthcare provider who served this community the same community refused his admission km he came ultimately his daughter also was a doctor so they decided to come they had a faith on km ultimately they came here he came out of this battle of covid at the age of 79 in a such a critical phase and then he came back to pay back 
to the society by giving monetary money in the sense we never accepted any monetary gain he wanted to donate some items which are important for use, you know that time which were useful for our covid awards and he did that so that is where these this is one of the story you know several such stories are there not only with me but so many other people and these stories are actually for the student it is like you know learning humanity there, there is nothing like class of humanity these stories will teach you humanity these stories will teach you uh, what is ethics these his uh, these stories are going to teach you attitudinal competence uh, component of your atcom module you need not uh, mug up the books and uh, textbooks ka chapters for learning these atcom attitude ethics and communication right so this is what is important and last but not the least since you have been a leader in the covid pandemic management what tips and lessons would you pass on to our readers especially with respect to handling such a situation again so uh, i would uh, you know the a bit of a lengthy interview but i would uh, summarize this now and definitely uh, you know sustaining this particular thing now uh, almost uh, coming to a year a uh, nine months actively into covid six months into that uh, as a leader from front line from all those aspects of clinical care logistics few tips and few important points which i need to narrate one of the important aspect is in such a uh, calamity of uh, pandemic or any calamity of a life what is important is to protect yourself if you discipline you are disciplined you don and off properly you go to the uh, go back to your house take your complete uh, hot water bath you do social distancing you do not eat in the midst of all the people sitting together you do not use air conditioning all these tips have helped me in remaining away from covid till date that is one important thing now from that what is important is maintaining your physical and mental health for physical health regular 10 km walk and a very balanced diet with protein with vegetables and with fruit that is what sbs sir takes by the way so i am telling you very frankly and that is what is the actual essence of my success in maintaining the physical health in, in such a risky situation and obviously for the mental health i have already told you went out went out to the either a social media in a very positive way not a negative way otherwise social media will turn into a very negative stories secondly to your own close friends or your family members the another angle to it is always have a zeal to have additional qualifications do not stop at your goal of having a academic qualification from apart from academic qualification the additional qualifications definitely help you the third aspect is mentally you should be ready to take challenges take life as it comes do not repent you know do not go away from the challenge obviously there will be solutions the people will come and help you in this pandemic you know whenever we have used to have shortage whenever the corporation supply was having or something we never used to get from corporation somebody from my own friend circle from 1985 tnmc batch has come forward and suddenly you know the they have deposited that particular uh, material which was needed desperately so the important is importance is to cha- you know face the challenge another important aspect is being a effective communicator i still remember my covid icu ward rounds you know communicating with patient they never used to understand who we are because uh, subsequently we also had the signages of our stickers of doctor but they used to you know because of the sweating they used to 
like they never is to remain on our uh, PPE kits. But communication with the patient, just keeping a uh, you know hand on the patient's shoulder, and after the round, after morning and evening round, meeting the relatives which are there, because the relatives are anxiously waiting outside the COVID wards, and their questions, their doubts, and when we used to announce in the you know outside that uh, ward for COVID, when they're in that. Uh, uh, waiting area of the patient is to go meticulously every day and we used to announce what is the status. So for the patients which were very critical, we used to give one uh, one to one counselling. And when we used to say that your patient is now stable and his patient will be transferred to a uh, you know step down care, the spontaneous claps used to come from the entire uh, the group which was standing there and its claps were for not for me. The claps were from the team. Claps were for the KEM hospital and claps were for the healthcare facilities of this particular MCGM and Mumbai, Maharashtra and India. So that is where the communication comes important. And last but not the least, never forget humanity as a center stage in our profession. What is important? Harnessing the humanity. I think that is what we have learned a lot. What is important? Humanity in one tagline which is there embedded in our logo of KIA, not for self, but for all. What happened in nine months in KIA? It was the entire institution was not for the self. Institution never wanted any name. Institution never wanted any you know, appreciation. We all worked for the cause. We worked for, not for awards, but we worked for the regards. And lot of regards we received from the entire, you know, our own people our own patients, their relatives and that is what is the success behind this entire journey of nine months of me, my department and this institution. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you. And please do like and check out our other videos from the Gosu Chat series. Thank you.